I love the new song that, uh, that these guys sang this, uh, this morning for us, talking about the great uh, faithfulness of our Lord. And this was the one lyric that I jotted down. If you know me, I couldn't remember it on my own. Uh, Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, you'll remain steadfast. Isn't that true of our God? Have you ever felt like the, the, the winds uh, uh, are blowing and the storms are coming in your life? You ever felt that way? Some of you stood this morning because you felt that way when Sarah prayed at the beginning. Um, and sometimes, man, we just feel overwhelmed. Like, Lord, I just need a break. You ever just say a simple prayer like that? Lord, I've, I've had all I can take, I just need a break. Twice this summer, uh, I've been caught out in the rain. Once was yesterday, we went to Western Carolina, of course, you know, if a uh, first year student there, we're gonna watch the football game, and we, we knew it was gonna rain, uh, so we were, well, we were still unprepared. Um, but we were there, and we, we were watching the rain come across the, the, the mountain ranges towards us, and uh, we thought we'd get in like the first half anyways. Uh, they've got a great marching band, so half a, half a game of football, marching band, and then we'd get rained out. Well, about like five minutes into the first quarter, it started to rain. And you know how it goes, right? Like you're just, you're sitting there, and maybe on a day where you're kind of unaware, uh, all of a sudden you, the, the wind starts to blow and the temperature drops. You, you know that feeling? Like time to pack things up and get inside? So it happened yesterday, we got rained out, lightning, we, we missed the rest of the game, that's fine. Um, the other time was when we were, we were out on the lake earlier this summer, just enjoying a beautiful day. Uh, maybe it was super beautiful because I didn't have my phone with me, which I normally would do, uh, but the, my phone is how I track like, what, where the, what's going on with the weather. Because you know our summers, you, you, know, you start out on a sunny day and then you get rain, so no, no phone that day. And we were just getting ready to pack up, and we're actually right here near the church, and, uh, and, the, and, and the wind started to blow the temperature dropped and we were like, we're gonna get wet. So we started towards the boat ramp, but we were several miles away and of course the rain started just pelting us. The wind was blowing, so we, we pulled underneath the, the, the bridge um, right over here on Pat Caldwell. Some of you crossed it this morning to come to church. And we were just trying to just hold the throttle steady, just enough to, because uh, the wind was just like blowing the rain sideways at us. So we thought, we'd just sit here under the bridge. So you just kind of, just too much throttle and you got out into the rain and not enough and the wind blew you back on the other side. And we were just looking for a little bit of relief. You ever felt that way? Lord, I just need a little bit of relief. I just need a break. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, we were soaked. After like ten, 10 minutes there under the bridge, we, were, we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, we are, we are soaked through. Doesn't matter if we're under the bridge or out in the rain, so we, we, just, uh, we just went for it. But it, that's a picture of life sometimes. Like no matter how hard we try or what we do, it's just like the winds are just blowing and the rain's just hitting us and it's just like, man, I just, I, I need a break, whether we're dealing with, with family, with finances, with relationships. Um, and so sometimes when we're, when we're feeling that way, we would go to the scriptures. Hopefully you would go to the scripture when you're feeling that way. Maybe you'd come across Psalm chapter 46, uh, chap, uh, verses one through three. God is our refuge, refuge and strength, 
a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. What are we going to do? We will go to the Lord. He's our refuge and our strength, a very present help in our time of need. A scripture would also tell us we could cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Come uh, to me, Jesus said, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There's so many scriptures about going to the Lord when we need refuge. But there's another, um, uh, there's another type of refuge that the scripture talks about. And that's what we're gonna study this morning. So yes, Jesus, as believers, Jesus is our refuge. We run to him when we are in need. He doesn't promise to remove us from our circumstances, but he will certainly be with us and give us his peace and his power and his presence through the circumstances. But there's another kind of refuge that we're gonna look at. So turn to Joshua chapter 20. Some of you are already just there in the book of Joshua. I I think I mentioned last week, we're not gonna continue chapter by chapter through the rest of the book, but I wanna stop here in chapter 20. And as you're turning there, uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Thank you just for a beautiful time of worship today. As we recognize your faithfulness to us, uh, your goodness to us. We recognize the salvation that's available through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just finished it by magnifying your name because you are worthy to be praised. And Lord, as we look into your word this morning, give us understanding. Would you teach us? Uh, Lord, give us a, a, a passion not only to uh, seek you for refuge when we need it, Uh, but to help others who are also in need of refuge. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's read it together. It is a short chapter, just nine verses. Uh, We'll start in verse one. Then the Lord said to Joshua, say to the people of Israel, appoint the cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge, that is the city, from the avenger of blood. He shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and explain his case to the elders of that city. Then they shall take him into the city and give him a place and he shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not give up the manslayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unknowingly and did not hate him in the past. And he shall remain in that city until he has stood before the congregation for judgment until the death of him who is high priest at that time. Then the manslayer may return to his own town and his own home to the town from which he fled. So they set apart, these are the cities, Kadesh in Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali and Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. And beyond the Jordan, east of Jericho, they appointed Bezir in the wilderness on the tableland from the tribe of Reuben and Ramoth in Gilead from the tribe of Gad and Golan in Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities designated for all the people of Israel and for the stranger sojourning among them that anyone who killed a person without intent could flee there 
so that he might not die by the hand of the avenger of blood till he stood before the congregation. All right, so this is uh, just an instruction, and we're going we're gonna to look back to what was the instruction to Moses, because we see here, just like we saw last week, Joshua's implementing some of the things that Moses had told the people uh, from the message from God, that these were the things that you were to do when you came to the promised land. So this is another one. They were to set up six cities. Uh, three were on the uh, eastern side of the Jordan River, three were on the western side of the Jordan River. And one commentator said that basically if you were within the land of Israel, at all times you were uh, no further than 30 miles away from one of these cities of refuge. So they were spaced out uh, throughout the land and the, the idea was this, uh, the, the, the people at this time lived in a world where capital punishment was the law. So if you took another man's life, then you had to give your life. And the family uh, of, the, of the person who lost their loved one would be uh, a, a part of that process and referred to here as the avenger of blood. So uh, what happens then if you killed someone by accident? Well, you could go to a city of refuge, you could have your case heard and tried, and if you were found to be innocent of uh, malintent, then you could stay there. So it's a... Uh, it's uh, just sort of a, a simple passage, but we want to look at it uh, a little bit more closely. Um, so let, let's look at it together. In, in, in verse 1, the Lord said to Joshua, Say to the people, appoint the cities of refuge, which I spoke to you through Moses. And we saw there in verses uh, 7 and 8, we listed the, the cities that were, were set up. Um, and so... We get this from a multiple number of passages uh, in the Old Testament, uh, in, in Numbers, in Exodus, and I believe in, in Deuteronomy, there's some passages that talk about these cities of refuge and why uh, they are there. So Numbers chapter 35 is one of those chapters. You could jot that down and read the whole thing later, but just a couple of verses, nine through 12. The Lord said to Moses, so now this is God speaking to Moses, this is a pr earlier time, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, designate cities to serve as your cities of refuge, so that a person who kills someone unintentionally may flee there. You would have these cities as a refuge from the avenger, so that the manslayer will not die until he stands trial before the assembly. So we see here in verse 2, we see in verse 3, when Joshua says, uh, if a manslayer strikes any person without intent or unknowingly, he can flee there and be a refuge from the avenger of blood. Like Joshua is just repeating the instructions that God had given to Moses for the people. And Joshua said, okay, we have crossed into the Jordan. We've crossed over the Jordan, excuse me, into the land of Canaan. And it's time to set this, this up. This is what God had for us. And so we are going to do it. Um, so what was the law? What, what, what was the details of it? Exodus chapter 21, we, we see a little bit of it. Um, we could go even back further. We will in a second. But Exodus chapter 21, 12 through 14 says this. Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. Very straightforward. If you killed someone and were guilty of killing someone, then you would be put to death. Um, but there's an exception. If he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint for you a place to which he may flee. It's the city of refuge. But if a man willfully attacks another to kill him by cunning, you shall take him from my altar, 
that he might die. So it, accidental death, we're gonna, God says we're gonna create a place for him to go. But if it was intentional, then life for life. And this comes straight from Genesis chapter nine when, when Noah uh, came out of the ark and was uh, cr- uh, creating a, God was creating a covenant with him. In verse six, God said to Noah, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. And so we're seeing here the value of life. God says, I made man in my image. You're not to kill another person. And if you kill another person, then your life will be required. Okay, so Numbers chapter 35, Deuteronomy chapter 19, uh, additional instructions here on the uh, cities of refuge and also this law, and actually gives examples. Uh, so if you re- read through those chapters, it talks, uh, you know, if two men were in a forest cutting down a tree and the ax head flew off the ax and hit another man and killed him, you know, he would not be guilty. This would be, they call him a manslayer. We get our word manslaughter. Um, and, and so there's a couple of uh, scenarios there. If, if you were working on building a wall and one of the stones fell off the wall and it killed a man, you know, that, that wouldn't be, you wouldn't be guilty of murder, but you could go to a city of refuge uh, and seek refuge there. So just putting, putting together a picture for us, because this isn't uh, quite how we do it now. Um, so that person who accidentally killed someone has this option, face their accusers, uh, and, and be stoned to death or go to the city of refuge. And so uh, verse four, he can flee to one of these cities and stand at the entrance of the city, um, at the gate of the city and explain his case to the elders of that city. So then they shall take him into the city and give him a place and he'll remain with them. So this idea of if you can get to the city of refuge, then once you are there, you would be, Uh, we would say, innocent until proven guilty. So it's really interesting as we're looking at some of this, we get some of our, the basis for for our laws and our criminal processes are, come from, right here from the Old Testament. So if the man or woman would get to the city of refuge, then their case could be heard and they would be protected from, uh, say the family who wanted uh, to kill them because one of their family had died and, um, and they, would be, they, would get a, they would get a trial before the elders uh, of that city. And so what we're seeing here in this passage, uh, and, and in uh, Genesis chapter nine, where God says, I made man in my image, and so this is sort of the basis for why we're doing it. This is why we consider all life to be valuable. And here in October, uh, October the 3rd, we have the uh, Right to Life, which is a, the prayer chain, and it will be, um, you can go to the park and ride or, or park there at the, um, the Brackett's Way branch across the street and, and have a time of prayer uh, for babies, not for babies that have been aborted, but for mothers and fathers that are in this situation of considering this, but just praying for this practice to stop in our country because we believe life to be sacred. Uh, and so there's, this is why we as Christians are, are very, um, believe strongly about these life issues that we deal with in our country. Uh, now, if the man was found to be guilty, he would be sent out of the city and his, uh, he would be put to death by the, by the family 
and, uh, and, and those that would part, uh, participate um, in the um, justice of the day. So we're, we're getting a, a picture of, of what's going on. A couple other things to note. These cities of refuge, everybody knew where they were. Uh, they, the tradition says that the roads were actually marked like city of refuge with an arrow pointing this way. Uh, the, the roads were required to be well kept. If there was a, if there was a, a, a ravine or if there was a, a river, a bridge was to be put over the river. In other words, it wasn't supposed to be difficult to get to the city of refuge because the premise was this was for someone who did not intentionally kill someone and there was provision for that person to live. Um, the The... People would uh, help people along in the direction. If someone was looking for the city, it wasn't like a big secret. It was, you would say, hey, well, it's right this way. Let me show you where the road is. The gates of the city were never closed. They were always open all through the night. Uh, Anybody could come in. If we look here in verse 9, who could take advantage of this city of refuge? Well, verse 9 says, these uh, were the cities designated for all the people of Israel and for the strangers sojourning among them, for, so for the, for the immigrant or for uh, the one just passing through the country. Uh, it says here, anyone who killed a person without intent could flee there so that he would not die by the hand uh, of the avenger of blood. We got the picture? Cities of refuge, where, where someone who has a death sentence on them and they feel like, man, I don't deserve this, this is where they could go. So at first glance, I'm thinking, okay, what are the implications for us today as a church? House of Prayer Church, Blairsville, Georgia. And at first glance, you could think, well, we could kind of create this idea that we're to be a place of refuge. Someone who needs help, someone who's lost, someone who's hurting. We prayed for hurting people this morning. Someone who is in a difficult situation, you would say, come to the house of prayer where you can find help. We, we want to we help you. We want to pray for you. Um, doors are already always open. Isn't that what they say about churches? The doors are always open. Everyone's welcome. Sounds like a city of refuge. But here's where that analogy would fall apart, and I don't really think that's what, uh, this, what we should pull from it this morning. What do we do with the person who comes through these doors under the penalty of death because of the sin in their lives? I mean, like, what are we going to do for that person? We can't help them, can we? Like, I can't save you any more than you can save me because the church is not the place of refuge, but Jesus Christ is the person of refuge. And, and so when we look at uh, someone who, who when, we, when we look at the text, we're looking at someone who has the penalty of death on their life. Like, if they do not arrive in the city, they will be executed. And is, is that not um, similar to you, to me, to, to anyone else that we might meet, that because of the sin in our lives, we are under the penalty of death? And where can we find refuge? In Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price for your sin and for my sin. It's the only place of refuge for you, for me, or someone looking 
for answers. And so just like the accused murderer that we're looking at in the Old Testament, we run to Jesus not to claim our innocence, but to declare our guilt. Lord, I'm a, savior. I'm a sinner. There is nothing I can do to save myself, and so I put my faith and trust in you, Jesus. We don't come to defend ourselves, we come and we admit our guilt. So the ancient Israelite who was fleeing to the city of refuge uh, knew that the wrath of this family was behind him. Look at uh, Colossians chapter three with me, verses five and six. It says, put to death therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, a list of sins. You could list all kinds of sins with, with those in this verse. Uh, verse six says, on account of these, on account of sin, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming for those who do not accept his free gift of salvation. We talked about that some in, in, in Second Peter, about the, the coming day of the Lord. At some time in the future, God's gonna interrupt this history that we're living in and he will return to the earth as judge. And that is our hope as believers that we will go to be with him, but, but for those who've not, they'll face judgment. And so Jesus is the refuge that we all are seeking. This is what Jesus said in John chapter five, verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. That's the good news of the gospel, that we are under the, the penalty of sin, that we owe a sin debt, but Jesus came and he paid that sin debt to give us life. Uh, Peter said this as he was uh, preaching to the Israelites who had, uh, or to the, to the leaders of Israel and, the, and those who had killed Jesus. He said, there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And what name is that? Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus, in Romans chapter eight, verse one, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Jesus is our refuge. Jesus is where we find freedom from guilt and sin and shame. All right, so where do we fit in then, right? Where are we in this picture? Like we read this Old, text, Old Testament text, what, what are we gonna get from this? What, like when I, uh, for, for better or worse, I read something like, okay, what can I do about that? And it's not about me doing, but we do have responsibility. I think we're the people out on the streets. We're the people out on the roads that are saying, making sure the sign that says city of refuge is, is straight, that it's pointing in the right direction. When somebody's like, we're, I need help, I don't know which way I'm going, we say, let me show you. Jesus is the answer. We, we are um, ambassadors of Christ, representing him in the community so that they too might find their refuge 
in Jesus. So as we're looking at this, uh, we have the accused. In our context today, all of mankind is the accused. We have all fallen short. We're all guilty of sin. Uh, in in uh, Joshua chapter 20, we have the wrath of the family seeking judgment on this accused man. And Colossians chapter 3 tells us that the wrath of God is coming for any who do not believe. But we have the city of refuge, and for us today, Jesus is that city of refuge. And we are the ones pointing people towards Jesus to say, look, I don't have the answers for you either, but I know someone who does, and his name is Jesus. We're the road crews. Uh, Megan read from Colossians this morning about what Jesus did for us when we started. Man, we should be out there telling people, look, this is what Jesus did for me. He can do it for you as well. As a choir sang, he still saves. And how does he save? He saves when somebody hears the gospel and chooses to receive it. So how is that person going to hear? God's, God's using us. He's using you. He's using me. That's his, that's his plan for the world today. You say, what's God's plan for the world today? That his followers would be pointing people to Jesus. You say, oh, I don't know if I could do it quite like Mike just said it. We've been talking about how to share the gospel on Wednesday nights for a, a little bit. We've got a few more weeks to do it uh, after Myung comes this week. Um, God uses his people. Even if you just say, look, uh, I, I attend a great church. I see, you know, I know you're dealing with some things and I don't have the answers, but man, I find some answers for life at church. Why don't you come? Maybe that'd be a great start, but God is using us to be the guideposts, to point people in the right direction, to make sure that road is smooth and paved and wide and clear so that people will come to find that there is hope in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I like the, uh, the, the uh, song like, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That's your testimony this morning? God wants to use you and he wants to use me so that other people would have the same testimony. And it's as simple as just having a conversation, inviting somebody to come to church. God wants to use us, and when he, what he calls us to do, he empowers us to be able to do it. And so uh, you say, I don't know if I could, I don't, and, and, and you know, you, you get into a situation, you start to maybe get nervous and start to breathe shallow, you start to sweat, I don't know, just a prayer. God, I'm just a signpost. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Help me to be used of you to point this person in the right direction. Why don't we pray together? Heavenly Fathers, we um, come to you this morning. We come to you as sinners in need of a Savior. Lord, many in this room, maybe most, are Sinners who found a savior. And Lord, we are simply sinners who have been called to help other sinners find the savior. Lord, we're going we're gonna to sing this song together. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. 
Sin had left a crimson stain, but you washed it white as snow. If, if you're here this morning and uh, have never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you've never uh, come to this uh, understanding, maybe you've had understanding, but you've rejected it, uh, but this morning is a wonderful day to say, God, I admit I am a sinner and that I deserve to die, just like these ones in the Old Testament that we've read about this morning. But, but Lord, I believe that you, Jesus, you came, you lived a perfect life, you died on the cross for my sins, and I'm putting my faith and trust that your death is sufficient for my sins. You say a simple prayer, something like that. Lord, I pray that you would be using us to point people towards you. That we'd get up in the morning, we'd say, Lord, today's, today's yours. Thank you for giving me breath. Thank you for giving me the ability to get out of bed. I'm willing to be used of you. Please give me opportunity to do that. God will answer that prayer. If that's your prayer on your lips today, if that's the prayer on your lips when you get up in the morning. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for being our refuge. Thank you that we can run to you no matter what situation or circumstance life brings us, that we can run to you. And it's in the, uh, the, the simple saying, Jesus is the answer. Not just a little cute Sunday school saying, but it's the truth of life. And so, Lord, I pray that we would understand that. I pray that we would live that out. Live a life that reflects that we truly believe that you are the answer for whatever life brings, that you are the answer for the sin problem that we each face. Thank you for loving us. If you'd like prayer this morning, uh, if you've given your life to Jesus, say, I believe this for the first time, you could come to the front, and I know uh, Paul Holiday will be here, I know Mike would love to talk with you and pray with you. If, you. if you've got somebody that you think, man, Lord, would you use me in this person's life? You come to the front, someone would pray with you for that person. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Lord, I pray that we would be uh, guideposts pointing people towards you each and every day of our life. I pray in Jesus' name.